1: you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis.
0: And thank you so much for joining us uh, today again as we continue our journey on how to create a just society right where we are. And today we're dealing with a a haunting question, uh, a question I've been asked multiple times. Uh, And often uh, people, you know, I believe ask this question genuinely. Some people ask it because they're trying to maybe justify themselves a little bit, but... uh, Often in this podcast, I present to you the social justice teachings of the Catholic Church. However, many people will bring out that the church has caused injustices throughout history. So the question is, how can the church that has caused injustices be trusted as an authority on justice? And how do we reconcile in our minds uh, that the church does have solid teachings on justice while at the same time creating injustices Uh, and we'll we'll be honest with our talk on this today but it is a fair question and today to help me answer this is a very very special guest who I'm just very very honored to have here is Deacon Scott Aiken welcome
1: thank you so much yeah Yeah. and you're on another show with your wife i am yeah so uh so this is this is comfortable to be to be here to present today but certainly the topic is one that i think necessarily causes discomfort and that's good that we we can have that that discussion and delve deeper (laughs) into it so
0: so true so tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah so i'm i'm a deacon permanent deacon over at holy redeemer in vancouver washington uh, I've been there for a year. Prior to that, I was 14 years at St. Joseph Parish in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I've been an ordained deacon since 2007. I um, have uh, four children and a marriage of 34 years to, uh, to Brenda, my wife. And so in all of that uh, blessing, I've, I've certainly come to a place of uh, being very aware of um, injustices, not only through what I've worked with in the church, as I work with parishioners who felt that, uh, churches that have expressed that, but also as uh, an, uh, my mother was uh, Potawatomi, uh, enrolled, um, born and raised on the reservation in northeast Kansas, and my my dad uh, was non-Indian uh, when he was stationed at the Air Force base there in Topeka. They met, mm-hmm. and so I'm the I'm the result of that, and and yeah. I can certainly speak from um, almost a cellular sense, if you yeah. will, of how injustices uh, can impact communities in ways that uh, was never imagined mm-hmm. when the faith was brought to the, to the community. So uh, for the Potawatomi people of, of whom I'm mentioning, uh, we are deeply Catholic and for many of us that are mm-hmm. uh, enrolled in the tribe, and I was raised in that, but at the same time, uh, raised with my, uh, my grandfather who was the spiritual leader for our tribe mm-hmm. and carried out uh, all the roles and responsibilities of our tribal traditions. So in that tension, that's where I'm coming to you at mm-hmm. today. Is I've had this this uh, combined experience of uh, of both uh, the beauty and the challenge of our faith.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, you know, fact is, I think what pretty soon we've got a Native American chief soon to be canonized.
1: Yes. yes. So, uh, Chief uh, Black Elk is is yeah. is going to be there, and I have actually visited his gravesite, and it's just uh, inspiring. Um, as I also went to the canonization of Kateri Tekakwitha. Um, a Mohawk uh, member. And uh, many, many years ago, she uh, witnessed that. So it's not uh, exclu- exclusive mm-hmm. to uh, European experience uh, that when the Lord comes, the Lord can, can bring about an, a change to communities that would otherwise have a very different yeah. uh, background. But I'll say this, Christ came to a tribe
0: Yes. And so for us as tribal yeah,
1: people here in the U.S., yeah. uh, I think there's a, a strong correlation. And I think they saw that.
0: Uh, that is wonderful. And I, uh, uh, a couple comments is one I'm looking forward to asking for the intercessions of St. Black Elk. That's just so different uh, than St. Francis, St. Michael. Yeah. St. Black Elk. There's just something awesome about that. I love it. And it, then the other thing is that. Um, I do work among the poor in Kenya and Mm. Kenya is far separated from the, the indigenous people on this continent. And so back in the day before the Europeans came, they probably had no idea that Kenya even existed, right? It's on this other side of the, of the world. And yet I'm surprised as I look at the, the clothes and the clothing and the color patterns of the native american tribes and the tribes in kenya i'm like that's so similar is yeah. it maybe because we have a commonality as humans?
1: well i think so i think the, i think the commonality is that that we all were in in the context of what we understand today as indigenous mm-hmm. we all had and still have an indigenous connection. by indigenous mean that we recognize that we come from the earth in some way, some fashion, mm-hmm. and we have a responsibility to the earth in some way or some fashion, and that varies by culture. But there is an indigenous component, and that I think is a is a fingerprint of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that as an example, the Jesuit community was very keen on that when they when they first began their um, uh, exploration of the North American continent, mm-hmm. and they would go into community and they would look for that fingerprint wow. of God. Uh, before they Mm -hmm. started to teach on the faith. That has been over the years somewhat warped into an injustice. But from the very beginning, it was a just thing to look at. Mm -hmm. We need to understand that God is present here in this community because these are human beings. Mm -hmm. And the church was, I think, the first to really uh, recognize its own misstep in in allowing for dominant society of the day to... Mm -hmm. Couch Native Americans as non-human, mm-hmm. and the church says no. Yeah, these are actually as human as you and I are, um, and which was yeah. a, a first. And that, and, and many people don't recognize or re- realize that 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 happened back in the 1500s when that papal bull came out to recognize the dignity of Native American people. Yeah,
0: well, and you know, so many times I've, I've encouraged listeners to understand how far ahead of its time the church has been. We do have a fault as humans, as we judge past societies by our current society. Right. They, it's different. You just, you can't do that because they had their own influences going on. But for the church to do that in 1500s is, is futuristic. Right. But prophetic. even when you, uh, long before Dr. King came along and long before uh, Abraham Lincoln came along, the church was already ahead of the curve on slavery and ahead of the curve on equality among people, of different races.
1: Right, right. And I, and I think uh, St. Paul, you know, really, really recognized that. Um, I, I always uh, admire the fact that here, this zealot uh, Jewish person uh, converts to the faith, and then he, in his zealousness, gets excited and says, I, I, I want to take this to asia minor which yeah. of the day was very different a yeah. wholly different culture yeah and yet he had this uh, this strength within him that was uh, yeah. placed there by the holy spirit to, to yeah. be willing to go out and and present that um the good news
0: yeah and thomas goes to india uh and and uh man by the way you know uh, the kkk they were smashing out the windows of catholic churches in the south why because during des- uh, segregation uh, the masses were integrated, right. <laughs> so right. yeah, so. the church has been very much ahead of its time. And appreciate that. Now, we can't ignore the fact, though. Some people want to ask, how do we trust these social teachings of the church, who itself has created injustices throughout history? Uh, what's your first reaction to that?
1: So, from from a, a clergy perspective, having been uh, formed in in training on the history of the church we can point to as you said many things in the past that we could reflect on and say this is an injustice and therefore uh that taints uh the future Mm -hmm. but but presently what is the what is the presence of the church today and i think it's very much a reflective church Mm -hmm. it's looking at all those all those things that it misstepped on Mm -hmm. and and working working to try and remedy that and i think that that's the beauty of it like Back in the 1500s, when uh, Martin Luther brought forward the theses on uh, of, of his own uh, concerns about the church, um, as as challenging as that is for our Christian faith communities to reconcile, yet we're working towards trying to reconcile that. He brought up some very good points about the church's laxities and and and, mm-hmm. and injustices. Yeah, and as a consequence of his bringing those theses forward and the schism that happened. Uh, and it has been ongoing since then. Uh, The church, the Catholic church had what's called a counter reformation where they did, they looked Mm -hmm. at that and said, you know, wait, there's some things here we need, really need to, Mm -hmm. to iron out and and remedy. So I think that's, that's the humility of the church is, is a, is a constant. It has to be objective in its presence. I
0: remember, uh, uh, I kind of had a St. Thomas Aquinas moment when I was still Protestant in the process of of becoming Catholic. But, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas writes volumes on theology. Right, right. And then he gets to ask a question he can't answer. And his, uh, like, he says, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a moment like that where, you know, as Protestants, you're protesting. You're stuck back in the Middle Ages as a Protestant protesting this church. And I'm reading the Council of Trent documents, and it's, the Church says we publicly confess our sins yeah. here in the Middle Ages, and we repent of them. Then you go to the Vatican II documents, and it says the Church continues her repentance. And I'm like, I have nothing else to say. Why am I protesting a Church that's being honest about itself?
1: Yeah, right. right. And I, you know, I think that that's uh, again the humanity is what we see in the injustice. Yeah. When when yeah. a um, a structure like uh, the the precepts of um, social justice uh, are laid out on the table they they look and objectively as very good very valuable very mm-hmm. uh, affirming but when it goes into practice just like martin luther's theses were taken advantage of in the day by those communities that were railing against the church. And they took this as an opportunity to further justify their railing against the church. Mm-hmm. Um, they created a, 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 a bifurcation, multiple mm-hmm. bifurcations in the faith that Christ never wanted. Mm-hmm. And so as we look back historically, if we look back and think of anything, it's that we're, we're called to come back. We're called to come back to be the one church not the church, not the right church, but to be Christ's church. Mm -hmm. Christ is right. We are forever (laughs) going to be human as we operate on this earth. But the best, uh, tool, the best gift that Christ gave us is the church Mm -hmm. established as he said on this rock, I will build my church. And that Mm -hmm. rock is Peter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And, uh, yeah, the humanity part of it, you mentioned, you know, I mean, we're human, you know, and I remind listeners just because I have a podcast on social justice doesn't mean I'm some just saint on social justice <laughs> in my own life. I mean, I, I work towards being a just person, but recently at a moment where I was emotionally just stressed and somebody's want to talk to me about their problem. And normally I am there and present and I told that person, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I was being human in that moment saying... Sorry, may not sound real just for me to say that, but I am totally not in the space. And if we're really honest with each other as humans and as the church, because the church is not some invisible thing somewhere out there. The church is right here, us, made up of humans. And as humans, we have our minutes, right? all of us, even the people asking the question, can the church be trusted? You too have your minutes of hypocrisy.
1: Right. And yeah. I think, I think oftentimes we, uh, we miscommunicate yeah, and in the miscommunication end up yeah. taking positions. And I think yeah. if we're going to approach things with humility, we, we recognize, oh, that was miscommunicated. I misunderstood that. Mm-hmm. And then apologize and move forward. Exactly. And I think not to, not to make that simple, but that is, that is part and, and parcel to the process of reconciliation.
0: Yeah. and Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, these injustices that people bring up, churches committed. We'll differentiate in a moment between real and perceived injustices. Mm. But what are some of these injustices people may be referring to?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that for for me as a as a Native American as Potawatomi, um, the the injustice that we still have a lot of consternation about it within uh, Indian country, as we mm-hmm. as we refer to it oftentimes, um, is that there's there has been oppression and there has been a uh, dismissal by society supported by the church and actually supported by multiple churches, not just the Catholic church, but by other churches as well of the Christian faith. So we're not alone in this, but the Catholic church having these strong tenets of social justice um, need to be the ones who I think lead that reconciliation. Yeah. First hear it. Then second, try to seek understanding through dialogue. And I think right now, the, the Pope Francis is representing that tremendously in the synodal process, yeah. trying to listen. Let people, if you will, vent, mm-hmm. because there's a need. Yeah. And when the venting is let, then the the listening can begin, not only for the, the person hearing the venting, but the person who's venting. Mm-hmm. And so for uh, Native communities, I think there's a lot of reflection of the, uh, the oppression and the and the disenfranchisement mm-hmm. that took place, uh, but when you see somebody like Black Elk, who was so revered within his own community, uh, being recognized as a saint, what is it that a saint does? It draws about the efficacious aspect of Christ through the sacraments, and he saw truth in the sacraments. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. um, as as I said, for our tribe, many of them are Catholic. And I was raised in a household where this was in tension between the Catholic faith and our tribal faith. And six months before my grandfather passed, again, he was our our tribal leader, our drum leader for our tribe his entire life. Uh, Six months before he passed, he, much like you said, just looked at it and said, there's not a difference, that this is actually true. And he converted to Catholicism he converted to Christ mm-hmm. to yeah. receiving Christ bodily through the Eucharist yeah. and to recognize that that sacrament has has something about it that changes not just me but those around me and he accepted that. Well, by his acceptance of that for me now here I am standing uh, talking to you as a deacon that was represented by the man who was not catholic at the time.
0: Yeah. Who in his
1: <laughs> conversion oh, wow. just represents yeah. oh my gosh, Christ can overcome and yeah. and make good of anything mm-hmm. that this world brings forward. And I'm going to represent that, respecting that my grandfather made yeah. that decision. I think that's what Black yeah. Elk has done. I think that's what mm-hmm. uh, St. Kateri Kotechalitha oh, did. Yeah. And I think that's what they're still doing as saints. They're still yeah. having effect in their yes, yes. in this uh-huh. world. so true.
0: You know, I was thinking, I've got this picture in my photo album on my phone. It's a picture of St. Paul. Writing A letter. Mm. And it says, St. Paul, when St. Paul died, he entered heaven to the cheers of those he martyred. That's how the gospel works. Wow. And I'm thinking of this with the native, uh, the indigenous people, is that you've got Europeans coming to bring the gospel to them. And what's happening in this gospel? We're coming as European people to tell you about a, a Middle Eastern rabbi. <laughs> who was put to death by europeans <laughs> right that he's here for you this middle eastern man in other words it's all tying together as well saint paul says the mystery of the church is that we're all who nor uh, formally were separated from each other coming together coming as together. one coming together so, right
1: yeah absolutely yeah. yeah
0: so wow okay um now uh, you know, so I think some of the other injustices people probably refer to, obviously the the abuse of children yes. by priests. Probably they're thinking of the you know the wars of the Middle Ages, the the conquests, uh, various well, other things. And yeah. recently
1: here, um, most recently for the churches in North America, uh, for the Catholic churches, they're they're having to face and reflect on the impact that boarding schools had, mm-hmm. yeah. and what was the hand that the Catholic faith had in boarding schools. Now, there were multiple faiths that had boarding schools, mm-hmm. Catholics being one of them. But the again, the injustice is the, the, the disenfranchisement of the family, the disenfranchisement yes. of yeah. the individual, yeah. the, the, the mass graves that they found of children uh, on some of these um, campuses that uh, just are, are astounding. Mm-hmm. And in reflection, the, tr- the church goes... That was wrong fundament, fundamentally, and we need to work in reconciliation, whatever that might come out to. And I think that's that's the part of justice, that it can't be something we can drive if mm-hmm. we've been the injustice yeah. uh, perpetrator. We have to let the Holy Spirit come in yeah. the community of the, of the relationship and say, this is how this mm-hmm. can be justified. Yeah. our our justice can be brought forward that, that can begin reconciliation and healing and Mm. healing is what we're looking for. We're looking, as you said, we're looking for bringing diverse communities together in belief of Christ, Mm -hmm. who is the one who's come to save the world and to Mm. introduce us to the father. No one sees the father except the son and to to those that the son reveals Mm -hmm. him to. And I know as a person who's coming from that, that, uh, genealogical background on my tribal side that injustice was reconciled. That moment for me, mm-hmm. that my grandfather said, "Yes, I believe." Yeah, much like Saint Thomas. Yes, I'm not gonna believe unless I touch the wounds. Well, when you touch those wounds in the society, it's important to then recognize Christ has taken those wounds on, mm-hmm. and there is hope.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, uh talk for a moment. Uh, well, I was thinking. Of the Counter-Reformation you'd mentioned earlier, I I did a series and I've developed a series that I've taught in a parish, my former parish of uh, the Saints of the Counter-Reformation, because Mm -hmm. this, you know, St. Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross and Mm -hmm. St. Philip Neri, they said, you're right. They told Martin Luther, you're right. I mean this Pope that we've got, this guy's gotta go, of course we have to wait for his happy death. We're praying for happy death. But instead of leaving the authority of the church and the unity of the church, they said we're going to remain under the authority of the Pope while bring healing. Saint Teresa of Avila, of course, with the Carmelite Order. Right. Right. And uh, you know, Saint Philip Narian has most unusual way of doing that, but yeah. They 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 just said yeah we're we're recognizing it, but can't undo it. So let's heal. Let's bring you know. It and up. and
1: and a point to uh, impinge on in this is that it was never Martin Luther's intent, I believe, to let go the Eucharist. Right. And I think he would have been crushed to know that that is what has occurred as a consequence. Oh, yeah. So as much as the church can perpetrate injustice. Society can use churches to perpetrate injustice. Mm, Yes. And I think oftentimes, because we're a bureaucratic um, organization, as any large organization within humanity is bureaucratic, um, there's unfortunate ways that there are people that have ulterior motives and ideas can manipulate that. And I think that's where much of the injustice has come about by people that are in power that may have been um, dissuaded from doing the right thing. And encouraged to do something mm-hmm. that isn't just. Yeah. And so the church in this reflection, I think Pope Francis is doing a tremendous job in that regard, mm-hmm. reflecting on that and bringing us back to the oh, place yes, of listening. Exactly.
0: Uh, so let's clear up some of the injustices before we can deal with them. We have to understand which is true and which is not, and what's the mm-hmm. truth about what is true. So I've heard uh, the Inquisitions, mm-hmm. that there's a whole a lot going in those that weren't calculated into the real narrative. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sexual abuse by the priest, when you look at the actual number of priests that were actually found guilty, not, you know, who were said, but were actually found guilty, you know, very, very small. So even dealing with injustices, we have to figure out what's actually going on here.
1: I think in some ways it's... It's ironic, and this this might be taken um, negatively by some folks, but I think it's interesting that the Catholic Church is brought forward in the uh, the clergy abuse as as almost distinct from other groups. I know, and so to some degree, there is a uh, there's an affirmation there for the church to recognize that we are seen as much in this case as leading something that's atrocious, when in fact we're not. We're we're amongst yeah. many. Uh, but we have the ability to lead, and this is where again, Pope Francis, I think is really taking a a tremendous stance on behalf of the church to lead in how we address this, how we reconcile it and how we protect those vulnerable in the future Mm -hmm. and other organizations can follow suit, but we need to be able to step out and Mm -hmm. encourage to take the responsibility that's associated with, with the Catholic church in that regard. But you're right. It is, it is a small amount but it is it is poignant because the the world sees it because it's the Catholic Church. Well, something about that.
0: I was, I'm saying this out loud for the first time, Day I've thought it many times. But when people make the Catholic Church, you're extra bad for doing this, right? Right. In a society that believes there's no God, and if there's no God, who cares what the Catholic Church does? Right? We're just right. another organization. People are unwittingly affirming exactly. there is a God and the Catholic church is our go-to. That's why we're so mad at it.
1: Exactly. It, it's <laughs> so, a, yeah, yeah, it's an unconscious yes to what the church is, is about. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, we should be, we should be held accountable and we exactly. should be aware uh, and not do that, but uh, but you're right. It's that twisted yeah. reality that there's something about it that unconsciously people react to, yeah. particularly against the Catholic Church.
0: Yeah, and and it's so true. And and I appreciate the uh, the Church's humility. Yeah. By just putting in public documents, yeah, we did, and we humbly repent. Right. Yeah, and and take the steps now. Um, the first injustice, really caused by the Church, if we want to get honest understanding that we each are a part of the church is the church and the apostles what happened when christ was arrested they abandoned him. the church right at the beginning abandons christ first pope i don't even know this guy you know so really it, the church really is this dynamic struggle between sainthood and and sin Christ right. yeah and right. so that's where we're at. And yeah. and
1: how how authentic in the human sense of what a human goes through is the church. And I think popes have reflected on this, that despite the fact that we have these injustices, they come from the human weakness, mm-hmm. but the church has not yeah. failed. The, no. there's, there's aspects of the church that have been reformed, been, uh, been removed uh, over history, um, but it has not been you know uh, burned asunder and right. that's that's Christ's promise it's not going to you know i look at the crusades as a, as another example mm-hmm. and, um, and injustice that uh, certainly uh, many christians of the day they were they were all catholic christians mm-hmm. um, thought was was justified mm-hmm. but where's the dignity in the person whom they're attacking and how do they reconcile that and so i think you're right you know this this it's a constant Um, back and forth, that we need to be reflective, we need to look forward. But in our looking forward, as Christ says, it's not by the sword. If you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. That Mm -hmm. notion, um, and and it was was, uh, at the very beginning in the garden where that was made clear, Mm -hmm. that this is not the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yet here the church did that Mm -hmm. for several hundred years. Uh, it's hard to, these, and just war theory and how those things, yeah. there's so many complexities of yeah. living in the, in the world, but the church does that and continues to be a presence yeah. that yeah. is listened to.
0: So true. You know, and I, you know, I had to ask myself recently, why are there not more openly broken people in my parish? Cause isn't the church where broken people come to wrestle with God? Right. Yeah. You know, and I just admit, you know, I try to live honestly, I used to live the whole, keep the facade together on the outside. I That's wearisome. I gave up. I'm like, I'm just going to be honest, you know, and I've had times where come into confession and weeping over my sin. I have times where I've told the priest, I'm like, I'm here out of raw obedience. Don't feel like being here right now because I'm tired and I'm beat down, you know. Matthew's gospel this last
1: weekend on the yoke. Take my yoke upon your shoulders. We carry things that Christ is not telling us to carry. and They wear us down. They do. Oh. And, and I think your your point about the the performance of the facade, we've got to we've got to be authentic. yeah, And if it's anything that Christ that shook people to the core when they heard Christ speak, it was he spoke from authenticity. Mm-hmm. Even when he was a child, the eleven year old standing in the in the the synagogues, reading the, um, the Torah, and they go, "Who is this? Yeah, I'm where well, they're listening to him. So it's authenticity. Yeah. How do we speak with an authentic yeah. voice? That is rooted in christ and is filled by the holy spirit through yeah. the gifts that we receive
0: yeah and i think the way the church can can get to that point of a consistently just society is just by people in the simplicity of confession just saying right i didn't love my neighbor this week i screwed my neighbor over <laughs> <You know? laughs> those kinds of things just uh right here's where it's at you know
1: and for us to hear ourselves say that too yeah is the, is necessary yeah as a human
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's go a little bit deeper into this. What uh, has the church done to correct itself from some of these injustices?
1: Well, I think, again, in reflection, they've they've certainly looked at um, papal bulls that may have been um, ambiguous, and they've worked to try to remedy some of those. They've they've pointed to doctrines um, uh, that—not doctrines of the faith, but they've pointed at the— just war doctrine and the doctrines that might be um, guiding societies, if you will, um, as to whether or not they've had merit and value, and they've changed some of those. Um, so it's it's the church has, I think, an ongoing effort to try and remedy these. They're not going to be remedied in our, in our lifetimes. It's not just by one document that something's going to be changed, yeah. but it's changing the trajectory, of of uh, awareness of what we have as gift, which is Christ, and mm-hmm. how we present that gift. And again, I think Pope Francis has really looked at that to say, we need to we need to begin. We need to begin with listening, as as a as a parent would say to their child, you need to hear what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and take the what I'm saying as wisdom. Uh, the Church is saying we need to hear from. The community we need to hear from the laity mm-hmm. what is your suffering mm-hmm. and I need to listen yeah. to it before I try to come up with a solution. <laughs> I think you know for, for men particularly that's a heart that we want to come up with the answers mm-hmm. but I think it's so profound that Pope Francis is taking this strong stance that we need to listen and that's very feminine that's very um, mm-hmm. um, tendency and I think it's I think it's Mother Mary mm-hmm. who in the very yeah. um, existence in the upper room with the disciples says, wait. Wait, wait yeah. here, because my son is coming back.
0: Well, I think it's it's important for the church to take on the identity of the suffering. I think of our our Blessed Mother appearing in Guadalupe. Yes. She appears as a Mexican woman or an Aztec woman. Yes. Okay. Well, she was an Aztec woman when she was here on earth, but she does. Why? Because she's identifying with the suffering.
1: Yeah, many of those yeah. uh, apparitions of, of identifying with the culture. Our Lady of Akita. Yeah, um, you know, just just representing something that is is rooted in uh, the community, the culture, mm-hmm. because it's affirming that God has created this diversity, mm-hmm. and only God knows why this diversity is created. And it oftentimes, is the challenge that as in our humanity, we we face struggles with mm-hmm. trying to accept diversity, trying to yeah. But what is the limit of the diversity, and that's what the church mm-hmm. tries to bring to to awareness and truth. Uh, about that. And yes. so mm-hmm. it's it's not diversity at all costs, that anarchy, but it's diversity in the beauty, truth, and what's right yes. of what God has presented through his Oh, son.
0: so true. Yeah. And I was thinking, you know, the most recent injustice, obviously the sexual abuse from the priests and bishops. Uh, you're in the Archdiocese of Seattle mm-hmm. and I'm in the Archdiocese of Portland. Now our Archbishop, uh, he's like a Rottweiler in this issue because mm-hmm. he is... Mm-hmm purifying the the church of uh, Oregon uh, in regards to this, I just saw in the news this morning, I can't remember which South American country where they just, boom, they did a blast of clearing out these priests that uh, uh, have, have done this abuse. Um, but what, what is the church doing to really, cause it's almost been a phased in approach. You know, you see Pope John Paul II, you see, Pope Benedict XVI and now Pope Francis, say each are taking steps. So now what's going on to, to continue the correction of this?
1: Right. And, and I think, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's not a one um, position or, or document, but it is, it is a changing in, in momentum and right from um, Pope St. John Paul II in recognizing theology of the body Mm-hmm. What is what is who am I as a human being created in the image and likeness of God, and how do I how do I abuse that, mm-hmm. and how do I glorify that? Yeah, and so Pope, Pope Benedict XVI brings that forward in this in, in trying to begin a process for addressing abuse uh, that has now come into a, it's. There's a very strong structure within both our archdiocese that uh, people go through, laity, clergy alike, if they're going to work with children. Mm-hmm. They're going to go through a mm-hmm. rigorous background yeah. check and a rigorous process for understanding how do you spot this, how do you address this
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: issue of uh, uh, child abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it is that's rigorous
0: because I was Grand Knight of Knights of Columbus uh, okay. a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, you go through a rigorous process and background checks and all that. Uh,
1: well, that yeah. took, that took many years to really get solidified, yeah. and I think it's it's been a, a real part of that, uh, trend change mm-hmm. for the positive. And, yeah. 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 Good. Now, uh,
0: is the church causing injustices through history, a good enough reason to ignore her teachings on social justice?
1: No, absolutely. Why? Not. Yeah. So, so how oftentimes would an accuser of the church injustice, uh, not speak what Jesus spoke? in the midst of their accusing, Mm. um, you you know, there, there is a point of, of directly uh, facing, uh, injustices, Mm -hmm. but when it becomes accusatory at the, at the benefit of, of my accusing, (laughs) well, we suddenly take on actually in that regard, um, an aspect of, of Satan, Mm -hmm. the accuser. Um, so if we're going to be dealing with this from the human perspective, we have to be able to, to address, from the root of the individual to the family, to, to marriage, to family, and then to community. And so when a parish is dealing with this kind of struggle, uh, what what's the support of the family? What's the support mm-hmm. of marriage? What's the support of the individual? Uh, pastors have to go through through that mm-hmm. constant reflection mm-hmm. to see is what needs to be underpinned being underpinned? Mm-hmm. And I think for the church, it it, it was a it was a, a trend towards uh, laxity in that regard, mm-hmm. and now and and I think Pope um, Paul VI made this very clear when when shifts were happening in in use of contraception that the the society was going to change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it really it was so prophetic and uh, with, yo, you know so absolutely th- so yeah. you, now we're seeing the, the 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 ramifications of that, but we're also seeing an awareness and a turning back, mm-hmm. and. As uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas would say, it's it's we're, we're we we recur we recurved back to sin, and now we're coming back up. And hopefully, <laughs> yes. we make it a little bit further, closer to what God yes. wants as His church, yeah. not what we want necessarily.
0: Yeah. yeah, And there's kind of a within the Hindu faith, there's that idea that we have periods of enlightenment as humans and periods right. of darkness, enlightenment till we hopefully that gets more shallow in
1: those right uh, right those right.
0: periods uh yeah so uh what a journey it is to figure this all out and uh to to understand how i mean as we begin to tie and come to the end of this podcast how do we reconcile this in our mind i was thinking of the story where jesus uh tells peter how he's going to die and peter right. says points to john says well how's he going to die and jesus says don't worry about him i'm not talking about him. i'm talking about you you know and peter was trying to just do some self-justification there um so i think in a way jesus is saying to us don't worry about what's happened in past with church i've still called you to be a just person no matter what they've done
1: uh, so how do we reconcile all of this? Part, part of the, and this is going to come across probably um, shallow for some people hearing this, we do not give credence enough to the prayer that we give. And praying for the Pope, praying for our bishops and archbishops, mm-hmm. praying for our pastors and mm-hmm. for the lay leaders in a way that isn't just perfunctory, mm-hmm. but is actually in a way that I can actually affect change. This is St. Teresa of Avila, as you mentioned earlier, St. John of the Cross. I can pray through through the um, support of the Holy Spirit, reality through these individuals, mm-hmm. because God wants me to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, that good work. Yeah, and so how are we going to make a change to this? I think it begins with prayer that gives us an awareness of mm-hmm. what can we do individually, what can we do as a family. And here I am as a father of four young adult children. I'm having a grandchild coming. You know, this is constantly on my mind mm-hmm. as, a, and it could, it could be consumptive mm-hmm. and we can't be scrupulous in our uh, efforts to try to reconcile this. We have to trust that, Hey, the awareness came. Thanks be to God and, ch- and change is happening. Thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish, and I hope for uh, a reconciliation with those who have been harmed uh, unjustly. And I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And then part of my first step in that is praying.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the fact is, people are deeply wounded yeah. by these injustices, like you said, among your people, yeah. and what needs happen. They're listening, suffering. Uh, uh, the Archbishop uh, of Portland has said numerous times to the victims of yes. this abuse, "My office is wide open to you." Right. Yeah, and and so beautiful. So, any final thoughts as we wrap up?
1: Well, I think again, it's take it's to, to to tap into Matthew's gospel on on Jesus' statement of the yoke. I'm meek and humble of heart. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, "Take my <laughs> yoke upon your shoulder." How do we do that in our daily lives? Um, how do we do that in addressing injustice? Mm-hmm. Taking Christ's yoke on, not taking my my mm-hmm. self-determined yoke, my my <laughs> um, you know, my prideful yoke, yeah, but to take Christ's yoke which is still getting at justice, but he gets at justice in Christ's way, not in my way. And I think that's you know represented by Peter who said, mm-hmm. you're not gonna die at, this, at the hands of, of the Jewish community. No, that's not for Peter to decide, that's for God to decide. Yeah, exactly. You know, so um, I think that's, how do we take on Christ's yoke? We need to be mindful of that in these kinds of discussions mm-hmm. of injustice. Christ's yoke is the one that will bring about justice.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much. This has been very helpful and challenging and I appreciate you joining me on this.
1: I'm grateful to be invited onto this. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, If there's one thing every one of us shares in common, it is hypocrisy. Uh, We contradict ourselves constantly. It is a given that every human is a contradiction to themselves. One that causes me to laugh is when social justice warriors scream profanities at an opposing group claiming that group is a bunch of haters. And, but that one's too easy. That's too obvious. But we each are hypocrites daily and must realize that just because the church may contradict its actions with its teachings from time to time does not make it null and void. God has given us the church so full of saints who got it right to guide us on the way as we create a just society right where we are.
1: You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend.